0: This is another Sound of the Season. You're listening to the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on the Watchdog Radio Network, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Well, look who's coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello, hello, hello Hello, love Good
1: morning, good morning Where in the world have you been so long? i missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love Hello, love Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long. Come on in, set a spell. Spend some time with us here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We are going to talk about the Kennedy assassination 60 years later in just a minute or two. Going to give you a chance to win some uh, more uh, uh, food fixings for your Thanksgiving feast with our turkey shoot. We have a couple of turkeys still left hanging around over there. I think we do, Bob. We left a couple of them still ready for today, so we can shoot those if we want to do that. We do. And uh, then we'll clean them up and get them out of here for the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, And a few other odds and ends. If we have chance, we will get into that this morning here on the show. 43 Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 42 at the Highlands, 44 in uh, Elm Grove and 42 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. As you heard, we have um, a mostly cloudy day in store, daytime high. Not much more than where we are, maybe 45, 46 or so. We'll drop down as the day goes on. Nice day tomorrow, though. Enjoy your Thanksgiving day. Gobble, gobble. Sunshine, blue skies, high near 49. Adam says we might see a little bit of uh, of uh, clouds kind of floating around in the sky, but mostly sunny tomorrow, high of 49. Uh, temperature's going to drop into the weekend, and it'll be partly sunny by Sunday, we might see a little bit of rain. So all of that's uh, uh, that's your forecast to deal with here this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. We've got uh, Corey Campanese going to join us in a minute. Bob, should we do, uh, I'll let you tell me what you think we should do. Should we do quick highlights
2: here? Yeah, let's do some highlights, Howard. I think we had some
1: highlights all this right. week. I have, I, um, I have to be brutally honest. Normally, the night before the highlight show, which would be Thursday into Friday, I sit down, go over my notes. I have a whole bunch of my pulling my papers out. I forgot to do it. So today, it all depends on, and this is scary, my mind.
2: No, see there, Howard, you were right. Your mind was right. It's not Friday. We don't. We do the highlights on Friday. So give yourself a little credit. You're confusing yourself, Howard.
1: Well, I got a couple of them here. You want to start? Want me to start? Let you go ahead. I'll follow you. Well, first of all, we had the delightful time that Adam called out the AccuWeather people. I said something about, you know, I've been checking different forecasts around, and I always compare them to yours, Adam, and I look at the National Weather Service and AccuWeather, and he said, well, I call it (laughs) crap-you-weathers. So I think Adam's Adam's, uh, call-out of AccuWeather is uh, certainly one of my highlights of the week.
2: I had it, too. I just had it down here as Adam hates AccuWeather.
1: (laughs) I think so, too. Uh, uh, What else you got? You got another one for me?
2: Well, you know, the the Joe Manchin thing was great, Uh, you know, He knows you very well, and you guys go back a long, long time, and he joined us, and he said he will continue to join us. So I I thought that was a real highlight, Howard. I have it as a highlight and a low light. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, okay. I'm getting it. Yes. Yes. One of those days that maybe, maybe you weren't at your The
1: highlight is indeed, I think it was, uh, no offense to, I'm not talking about anything I did, but I thought it was a really good interview with Joe Manchin. Um, I think he has uh, first place, he, as he himself said yesterday. He and I hadn't talked on the air for uh, for a, quite a good while until recently, and he's committed to coming back on with us more frequently. And I believe he will do that. Oh, I mean, there's no I doubt. Believe that to be true. Maybe this time he'll say the word uh, president. Howard. <laughs> he did, so he did. Well, he did. He didn't say it. I, you know, but I thought. I mean, no offense. I'm not patting myself on the back. I just thought that was an interview that if you didn't hear it remember the podcasts are up online at watchdognetwork.com it's our number three from yesterday go listen to it because I think it was I think it was a good interview not because anything I did, but because we learned a bit about Manchin. I,
2: I agree 100% Howard and I I'm, I'm, I mean this. It seemed like yesterday maybe it was the time of the morning or maybe he realized uh, how fired he got got with with Hoppy it seemed like he was really relaxed. he was at ease talking to you. he wasn't on defense. he wasn't you know prepared to go here or here he just he just talked to Howard Monroe. Thank you I appreciate that and he and I t- t- uh, with a few exceptions
1: have tended to get along over the years. again, I go back to Joe Manchin. Back to the days when he was running for Secretary of State. One evening at home, I told the story. One evening, I'm sitting at home, I get a phone call. Mr. Monroe, my name is uh, Joe Manchin. You don't know me, but I'm running for office. And I was told that I was in town this week and I did not make contact with you. And I wanted to make sure that you knew who I was. And from then on, we we contacted each other. So that was the highlight of, of the Manchin interview. The low light <laughs> of the Manchin interview was... Joe was on with us yesterday. Senator Manchin on with us yesterday, which was Tuesday. Yes. The uh, low light was all weekend long and all morning long on Monday. I kept saying, Joe Manchin coming up today, prepared for the big Joe Manchin interview at 930 this morning on Monday. I have so many things to talk about, Manchin. We're going to take a break. Manchin's coming back. We're going to be talking to him. And I had the day wrong. 100% my fault. Black and white, in the email says Tuesday 9:30. I don't know why I had him in my head as the that... so highlight was the mansion interview. The low light was the mansion interview that did not occur.
2: I think they were both highlights, Howard, to give us a chance to to chuckle a little bit. Uh, so it, it was fun. I I have two left, and the, the turkey giveaway is, is a chance to to give our listeners a chance to uh, to win a turkey. Yeah. You know, it's pretty simple. And have some fun. Have some fun with it. Get a chance to, uh, to to talk to folks that maybe I wouldn't have a, a chance to do uh, if it wasn't for a contest or something like that. So I thought that was a real highlight. Give, giving turkeys to the watchdog listeners. Or we
1: could phrase it this way, killing turkeys here in the studio.
2: Well, yeah. PETA might be listening, Howard. <laughs> a,
1: yeah, I didn't think say that. That is a, that is a good one. Uh, do you have one more? I, I, I have, have one more. Go ahead. You want to do it or want me to well, do it? Well, it hasn't
2: happened yet. It's it's fixing to happen, Howard. Okay. It's, okay. it's going to happen here just a little bit because, Howard, you know – how much respect and how fond I was of of Charlie Campanese. And uh, Charlie's gone. But uh, I've never met his son, Corey, but uh, he's going to be joining us and we're going to be talking about what happened 60 years ago. And, man, Charlie was a real warrior. He he just made up his mind that he was never, ever going to let that go, and he didn't. God and bless didn't.
1: him. Uh, I, I can remember many a time Charlie Campanese walking into the studio with a briefcase full of he was prepared. documents and all kinds of stuff. He was a great guy. And we are going to talk to his son, Corey, who's kind of picked up the mantle in a minute or two. And, finally, my number one highlight of the week goes to Bob Slider. Oh, get out of here. Bob Slider. The very first thing on Monday morning, before I even had a chance, I think, to give the temperatures, Bob
0: says, I got to talk to you about the Steelers. I was steaming.
1: And it was a rant to get all rants going. And uh, Kenny Pickett's got to go. He's got to go. I'm telling you right now. Uh, I thought that was, I went back and listened to it. Because sometimes a rant can go a little off skew.
2: Yeah, it goes long, you know, no, I repeat yourself.
1: I, it was the perfect way to start our week on Monday. You had your thoughts all put together. You had passion behind them. And a Slider's steam release about the Steelers on
2: Monday morning was my number one highlight of the week. One of the perks of the morning show, come in here, don't hold it in. Just get it out there. So thank you, Howard. Yes. Uh, but And then the whole town of Pittsburgh went berserk. And they had no choice but to fire their offensive coordinator, which,
1: you know, should have been happening. Quick note: Then we're gonna to go to Camp Campanese. I can't tell you what this is because Hoppy told me and said I can't tell anybody ah. until ten oh six today when his guest will be on. We'll talk about it. But a um, what can I say about this? It, it, it's it's politics. It involves a local politician um, who is um, can I say it? who's changing his mind. Hmm. And he'll be uh, number one up with Hoppy Kirchival today. But Hoppy told me what's going on. But he said, please don't talk about this until after 10.06 when he's on my show.
2: No, when he says local, means Howard Monroe local?
1: In, this, in the Northern Panhandle, yes. Is he scooping us? Absolutely. Scooping oh, jeez. Absolutely. I hate he's, that, but i got to listen yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Be listening to that. That will be coming up today, Statewide Talk Line. And, again, Hoppy told me, but he says he can't tell anybody. So there you go. Also coming up at uh, 9.06 today, and I'll be already beginning vacation, uh, my good friend Tom Sussman, WMOV Radio, is releasing a new poll on all of the statewide races, which uh, he will send me at 9.06, but I won't be here. So uh, we'll have to talk about that again on Monday. All right. All right, that's it. Uh, Should we do a quick break? Let's get Corey in here. We'll stretch Corey out for a bit. I want to talk about the Kennedy assassination, and that's coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show.
3: Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, November 22nd at West Banko Arena. Enjoy live pro wrestling action before the game by IWC and the always entertaining turkey bowling during intermission. Plus, get $2 beers and twisted tea drink specials. Invite friends in town for the holidays to a night of hockey excitement and a Thanksgiving Eve party at the arena. Puck drops at 710. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOAL or go to wheelingnailers.com.
4: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4 Highlander or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buy Toyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry. Offers end September 5th. Toyota.
0: Let's go places. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Baron Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning.
4: Good Old Boys is on. Santa Duck is in town at your nearest Lucky Duck Discounters. Smart Christmas shoppers start early at Lucky Duck, where the price goes down as the week rolls on with thousands of bin items. Plus, shelf items like refrigerators, patio furniture, baby supplies, and more priced at 40% below retail. No other bin store in our area offers these great buys. Start your Christmas shopping now because it's all first come, first served, and items on the shelf change every week. Visit Lucky Duck Discounters, Wheeling, Glendale, New Martinsville, Steubenville, and Morgantown. Lucky Duck, more than just a bin store.
0: It's your Christmas shopping headquarters. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here, now. Anybody here seen my old friend John? Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of but
1: they die young. I just looked around and he's gone. We just looked around and he was gone. I actually remember seeing it 60 years ago today. I was in the hospital uh, having my kidney removed, of all things, and uh, was watching television when uh, everything broke in and said that the. the president had been shot and then eventually the president had been killed bob you were too young to remember one. the incident yeah, was but, one. You, but you but you you picked up on it uh, early in your
2: life in second grade yeah i i found it in the world book and uh, i was just i i just couldn't believe it was right there in front of me and then then there was a story about the assassin and then the assassin of the assassin. And I remember going home and asking my mom, why did that man shoot the man that shot shot the president? And my mom said, "Ah, we're probably never going to know the answer to that. And I went, what? We're never going to know the answer.
1: Here we are 60 years later. And she
2: said, well, he said this was the reason, but uh, we'll never know. But go play. (laughs) That's what she said. Go play. Go play. And Corey Campanese
1: Your dad was one of the uh, finest men I knew. I enjoyed uh, your dad so much. Uh, He really had a passion for this from the get go. He studied. He researched. He called. He emailed. He he dug as hard as he could. Was the Kennedy assassination sort of part of your life, Corey, growing up?
5: It it was uh, Howard. When I was, I started my my research started at 11 years old. (laughs) Um, So some people like to catch me in a. No pun intended, the crossfires of being influenced by the JFK movie by Oliver Stone, but I was actually researching that before. Really? But it was always apparent in our household, right? So I was 11, so I started my research in 1988.
1: Here we are 60 years after the fact, and I think you both would concur with me. We still don't really firmly know what happened, right?
5: The firmness, I think we know where the agencies that are still withholding information from us. And we have to put a finer point on that and the documents that the CIA, between 47 and 4,800 documents that are still re- being retained by the intelligence agencies. We have a firm understanding of where uh, the, the agencies are on this and where, where the potential assassination uh, documents lie. Now, is there going to be a smoking gun to those? No, but I think we know where it's coming from.
1: A little bit of new information coming out this year. Uh, one of the uh, agents at the time who I think retired very quickly after the assassination and has been silent uh, for the last basically 60 years is now saying he remembers some things. Uh, Bob Landis is his name, correct? Alex, maybe? Yes. I thought it was Paul. Paul. but yeah. Paul, okay. Yes,
5: Paul Landis. Uh, I have some serious uh, questions for Mr. Landis. Unfortunately, he's changed the story over the years. Uh, I, I'm actually looking at two Sworn affidavit from from his work right after the assassination that evening, and he hints at the fact that one of the shots came from the Grassy Knoll area in the affidavit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he changed the story because he also worked with Clint Hill, as Bob mentioned earlier. Um, and he he changed the story several times. And I I think you guys hit on the point pretty precisely when he claims that he finds a bullet on the upper part portion of the trunk where the removal top appeared at parkland hospital he said that that bullet was there and he put it on the stretchers as kennedy went into the hospital the problem is with that and bob i think you lose this you know we know from bethesda naval hospital when the autopsy surgeons um pierre fink and humes and boswell said that that bullet did not even penetrate kennedy's back and it would seem to be plausible that that would back out of Kennedy's back, which we know that couldn't happen; it would be encased in his body. But it wasn't. Um, that would somehow make it back out the land on the on the area of the car that Mr. Landis said it was at. So it completely negates the idea, like Bob mentioned earlier, the magic bullet or the you know Commission Exhibit three ninety nine as uh, going through Kennedy's body and going through onto Governor Conley's body.
1: So you don't uh, you don't buy the Landis story. The no, co- no, I
5: don't buy the Landis story. Bob? No. I, I appreciate his efforts. I, I understand you know, the PTSD he's probably gone through in all these years, but I, I just can't uh, go with the story that he presents.
2: I, I just don't know. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. I, it's one of the things I don't think we'll ever know unless, unless you put a lie detector on him and he said, well, okay, here's the truth. Gentlemen, isn't right. that
1: the problem with everything surrounding this that we just don't know because – there was either an intentional or maybe just an emotional fog that was going on back 60 years ago. Uh,
5: I'm, I, think, yeah, I think our best witness, who we lost, was closest to the assassination. It was Jack Ruby. Um, There's an interview that Jack Ruby did uh, walking down the hallway saying that there was a conspiracy. And in a few weeks or months after the trial, it would be shown that, you know, what happened to me was complete a conspiracy. And then beyond that, there's an interview with him uh, sitting in the press area where uh, several reporters asked Jack Ruby, Jack, and I'm paraphrasing here, Jack, um, are these people in very high places that put you in the positions you're in? He said yes. Mm-hmm. So he was very upfront about that. He, he stated emphatically in front of uh, Chief Justice Earl Warren while he was in prison or in jail in Dallas, you you need to take me back to Dallas. And Earl Warren said, no, you need to stay here and you can tell us here what you know about the assassination. And he said, I don't feel safe here. I need to go back to Washington, D.C. with you. Can you do that? And the Warren Commission, and specifically um, Earl Warren, Chief Justice Earl Warren, said, no, you cannot go back to Dallas with us.
1: You know, I uh, and Bob, you you know this. I, I am one who discounts most conspiracies. But there is something about this particular story that leaves me uneasy that we just don't know enough and that i think more there's more to this than what we have heard seen and learned uh publicly my problem is i don't know how to put all those pieces uh, together you know we've had how many different suggestions bob cubans the mob the cia lbj i was just going to say that (laughs) lyndon Lyndon johnson i mean the 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 potential uh, uh puppet masters uh, it's very, very large. Corey, what, what conclusions, if any, have you drawn? What conclusions did your dad draw before he passed away?
5: His conclusions came pretty simple. We understood what kind of threat Kennedy was posing to the power structure at the time. We know what took place in the Bay of Pigs invasion, how Kennedy refused to send air support uh, to cover that. You had a lot of disgruntled anti uh, Castro Cubans. Leading and fleeing that area, and then going back and trying to work under the auspices of trying to take down Castro, which Kennedy did not support. So, if I would have to conclude of the intersection between Lee Harvey Oswald and his role and function with the CIA, I say he would be a an agent provocateur working for the CIA in some covert activity to infiltrate anti-Castro or uh, Castro Cubans and working amongst them. And I think if you look at the mechanics involved on that day, it would probably most likely come from the anti-Castro Cubans that that, uh, Kennedy had – they thought Kennedy had um, kind of abandoned on the beachfront there uh, in the Bay of Pigs. So I think that there was such a hot belly of discontent with that that community that the CIA was already funding anti-Castro Cubans anyways through organizations like DRE – and we have a case manager that was actually the liaison between the House Select Committee on Assassinations and an operational interest with the CIA groups in, in 1963. So the direct connection between Oswald and CIA and the anti-Castro Cubans is, is a very strong connection for me. And my father felt the same way.
2: What I believe happened that day, I believed it since I was 13 years old, I, I, I believe that powerful men possibly involved in our government at the time, decided uh, to take uh, John Kennedy out. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things they were able to use to help muddy the water was, okay, maybe the mafia and the mob. Well, I don't think that ever was a connection. I think they used that to deflect uh, the suspicion From them, what I think happened was, I think Leo Harvey Oswald was a part of a team. And do I think he was a shooter? I think he was. Was he a patsy? That's a free shooter. Well, I think later on he became a patsy. I think when he went and left that school book depository building, he realized that whoever was going to pick him up, whatever it was going wrong, and then he panicked. There was testimony from the boarding house that he was staying at. A woman said a police car pulled up here. And the damnedest thing, they they honked the horn a couple times, they honked the horn again, and then they pulled away, kind of like it was a signal. Right. That stuck with me. That stuck with me, Corey. And then so what's Oswald do now? He grabs a gun or, or whatever. And he flees again. I have never since I was 13 years old, believed that J.D. Tippett was any kind of a hero. I always believed that he was part of to silence Oswald. I think that's why Oswald killed him, because he knew that he was going to kill him. It didn't go down that way. They captured him. And since I was eight years old when I first asked my mom, what stuck out for me more than anything was that Jack Ruby silenced him. And it, right. was, it was cut and dry to me, Corey.
5: I think what you see, the, the mob connections you speak of, I think the strongest mob connection is that Jack Ruby, as you mentioned. Um, it was well known that Jack Ruby was part of organized crime. He had a carousel club. Was involved with gambling and prostitution, which you know the, uh, the mafia was involved with, especially on the island of Cuba. And when you have controlled interests, like you mentioned, the big wealthy business interests who were trying to control as much of that island as they could through prostitution, through um, the businesses there in general, mm-hmm. and then when Castro comes in and kicks everybody out and nationalizes everything in that country, you have a lot of disgruntled. Uh, anti-Castro-Cubans leaving and fleeing who didn't want to be a part of that and the CIA used them to go back into that effort. So the mob connection with their gambling and the casinos and prostitutions on that island as well, that's where you have that discontent. And you had you had multiple players into the assassination of President Kennedy. I'm not saying everybody was involved, but everybody had um, a major problem with Kennedy's um, policies and in taunt with what he was trying to do with the Soviet Premier, Khrushchev, and Fidel uh, Castro.
1: Guys, who was on the grassy knoll?
5: Individual person? I, I don't have a name for individual person. I would say that you're looking at someone who was cleared for that area. Um, and the shot that resonated from uh, the grassy knoll was the tangential shot. that entered President Kennedy near the temple and next to the right of uh, your portion of the bed. Well, you say
1: somebody who, who was able to clear the area or whatever the phrase you used there was. You mean somebody yes. who had clear uh, clearance, somebody uh, of official status got in there?
5: Yes. Either they were impersonating a Dallas police officer or someone else. And I don't that's, that's There were people that were clearing the area that day that weren't representative of the, of the Secret Service team there on, on the ground.
2: I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but uh, Rob Reiner, of all people, has come forward. Yeah. In, Rob Reiner. In, in his, <laughs> yes, in his <laughs> podcast, and he is naming names. So if yeah. the, the question that you asked Corey and I, Rob Reiner would have had a name to tell you exactly who the shooter was on the grassy knoll. Isn't that crazy, Howard? Right. And I don't know if you caught this or not. I'm sure Corey has. Out of all the, the witnesses from that day that are still alive, a lot of them are doctors. So let's yes. say, let me throw a number out there. Let's say that there was eight doctors that day. They're still living. And all eight of them, not two out of eight, not four out of eight, all of them have come forward and said, we knew pretty soon into this that there was an entrance room uh, wound uh, from the front. Uh, we knew okay. that. And come a, come a couple of them come forward and said that they were threatened, Howard. They were threatened that day to keep that thought to yourself. These wounds all came from behind him.
1: What do we still need to know? I know there's still documents that are uh, being withheld. I shouldn't say withheld, but that are under archival key until a certain date. What do we still need to know? What is it that we can learn from something that's available to us? What What do we want to know? What do we need to know, and how do we find out?
5: I think for me... You know, I don't believe the country has the stomach for or the interest, really. Even though the polls are high, uh, the latest Gallup poll as mentioned is 65 percent, I don't think this, the, the country has a stomach as a whole or an interest. We're, 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 we're pacified by other things that are distractions in this country to open up a reinvestigation. So for me personally, I'm looking for what they did in South Africa during the apartheid movement. I, I'm just looking for truth and reconciliation. That's all I'm looking for. Don't have to be angry. Don't have to be upset. I just want truth and reconciliation. So to come clean, essentially, is what I'm looking for, Howard. We're in we're, we're America. We're big people. We can figure this out. We can, we can understand this.
2: We've been waiting a long time, Corey. Yeah. And unlike Howard, I am a conspiracy guy. I, I, I put my nose down there, and, and I want something <laughs> I mean, like that. But two things think, have, two things yeah, have stuck with me all these decades later. And I don't know if you'll agree with these because I don't have them in front of me, but I read a lot and I pay a lot of attention to this stuff. Uh, the one thing that, that stuck with me was Jack Ruby was a mess. He was sweating bullets. He was chain smoking until they told him that Oswald had died. And then he settled down like, okay, I don't have to worry about that now. The other thing, I don't know if you, you give any credence to this at all, Corey, but I've read a couple places that J.D. Tippett's oldest son, interviewed years later said you know the strangest thing when my dad left the house that day he got me off to the side and he said son you might hear some some things about me today that uh, might upset you but i want you to know how much i love you hey, did you ever hear that Corey?
5: i did and there's two sources for that information besides what you just mentioned um this book called into the nightmare by joseph It's very good into the nightmare which completely uh, goes through the J.D. Tippett incident. And there's also research by John Armstrong, as of recent, uh, that goes into the same story. There's a connection between the Dallas police and what happened to J.D. Tippett. And there's a strong connection there. Uh, the timeline in which Oswald had left you know, the room and house on his, in Oak Cliff area of Dallas and making his way to the Dallas Theater and, and how he had to cover that distance and amount of time based on the time stamping of the actual assassination based on the witnesses in the area, it doesn't fit. And there's, there's a serious disconnect there with this, the Dallas, Dallas police, you're right. So I, that statement made by his son is, 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 has been out for a while, but it's, it's still very important,
1: you're right. Do we have, in a sense, guys, two conspiracies here? And by that, here's what I mean. The conspiracy to assassinate John Kennedy, whoever was behind it, however it occurred, Lee Harvey Oswald, the mob, whatever, the actual incident... And then the cover-up, which maybe wasn't part of the first conspiracy, but simply once it occurred, the government didn't want anybody to know what happened. I mean, there was a cover-up that was maybe separate from the conspiracy of the assassination.
5: And I was talking out
1: loud, so I don't know if that's the case or not, but I just wonder about that.
5: You're exactly right. I think, you know, when you had my father on before, um, I think his last interview with you was in 2004. He always said that the Nation can be broken down into three components. One is you have the planning stage, which most people can understand. There could be more than one group involved in planning. Then you have the actual shooting itself, which is the you know the planning, the implementation is the second phase. And the third is the cover-up, like you just mentioned. Whatever was to take place after the actual implementation of the shooting, that's when the federal government stepped in. So when people say it was completely a mafia hit, We have to ask ourselves, would the mafia have the ability to make a mess of the investigation? Mm -hmm. Would they have the ability to make a mess of the autopsy? Would they have the ability to change documents and withhold them now 60 years later? The mafia doesn't have that type of power. Does the mafia have a a role in this? Yes. And I think that direct connection role, as we have mentioned, is Jack Ruby being closest and knowing who Lee Harvey Oswald was. Let's not forget, the night of the assassination, the press was called in to speak to... um, Henry Wade, who was the district attorney for Dallas, and one of the voices that um, was raised in that room uh, when District Attorney Henry Wade mispronounced the group that Lee Harvey Oswald was a part of, which was the Fair Play for Cuba Committee, he misspoke, and a resounding voice in that crowd was also Jack Ruby pretending to be a press operator in there. He had no press credentials. So why is he in the press booth with the rest of the press people? Say no, Mr. Wade. That's actually the fair play for Cuba community. I mean, you misspoke. He knew Oswald pretty well, and that's that's clear. Guys, there are I- at least nine connections between, and this is by a great researcher by Anthony Summers. Jack Ruby had at least nine connections to organized crime, and he's he's done the most work on that. Uh, Anthony Summers.
1: Look, I'm an old guy, and I actually saw it as a little child. I watched it on television. Mm -hmm. Bob is a wildly passionate guy who cares a great deal about this, and you grew up in a family where this was almost the family business, Corey. So we know why the three of us care, why we're spending time on this today. Uh, But across the media, you hear a little mention. It's the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John Kennedy. It moves on. Does the public care anymore? Have we gone too far down the road for the general public to care anymore?
5: I think one of two things happened, and the, the psychology of it is really odd to me. I think that 55 percent, the most recent figure, 65 percent people saying that Lee, that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't act alone. I think people have a strong um, disbelief in the government giving us the truth on that, and I think they, they hold that pretty strong. My only problem is moving forward, and I think the reason why they don't care is because they know. That's a high number, 65%. So they can kind of dismiss it like, okay, yeah, we know the government killed President Kennedy. My concern is the psychology of it. Where do we move forward as a democracy and a fading democracy that we already have? Where do we move forward in looking at the power structure in this country where the elective, uh, the elective branch of our government can be completely wiped out by you know, suspicious terms? And people think that every four years the president makes a difference now. It's amazing to me. It, it, it's, it's astounding to me that people think their vote really matters. We're told as young children all the way up through our civics classes, make sure you get out and vote and do your civic duty. What does it matter when bullets become the ballot like Abraham Lincoln told us? Hmm. We have government by gunplay is what we're dealing with. So the the, the, the executive branch is just a, as a transient official. He doesn't really matter. That's not the people who pull the leaders in the world. It just doesn't work that way. And
1: people think that their vote really matters. It's astounding to me. Well, you've thoroughly depressed me now, just so you know. <laughs>
2: I'm, now I'm, <laughs> I'm just thoroughly depressed. Uh, Bob, then, final thoughts. Hey. i
1: got to wrap this up, unfortunately.
2: My final thought is I, it bothered me from from the time I understood what happens. And what bothers me now is who benefited. Look who benefited. Start with your yeah. Arnold Specter. Start with your Jerry Ford. Start with your Richard yeah. Nixon. It was all designed, and those powerful men were nothing. And, until the Warren Commission told them, well, okay, you guys play along, name your ticket. Yeah. Right. there's your
1: ticket. C- Corey, I appreciate your time this morning. It's always good to talk to you again. It was a delight having your dad on for so many years. We He and I did this almost every year, I think, for a long, long sure. time. And uh, right. I appreciate having you with us this morning. Thanks for coming in. I don't know. Maybe sixty-five will try it again, or sixty-two, or. They'll be going who? What? <laughs> At that point, everybody going what? Is it? And even I'll be going J K who? Yeah. Hey, Corey, thanks for joining me. I really for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks, and Howard. Thanks. All right, Bye-bye. seventeen to the hour on the Watchdog Morning. His dad was a great guy, as you said earlier. And yeah. Corey,
2: he's picked up the baton. It seems like he Howard.
1: he absolutely has, and you can tell he you know he's He, knows. he knows what's he knows what he knows. Seventeen to the hour. Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines. Should we try and kill a turkey after that?
2: If we have time, we got uh, be, Tony because he's going to tell us how bad the Mountaineers did last night. We had the
1: JFK assassination. Next, the turkey assassination.
6: Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your seven news headlines on this November the twenty second. Richard Kins will be laid to rest this afternoon. There's a visitation from eleven a.m. to one p.m. at the Wellsburg Fire Hall. Following the visitation, there will be fire department services. Fire officials say they will have a marching procession from the Fire Hall to 12th and Main Streets, southbound to 4th and Main over to Charles Street and north to 12th Street. There will be a crossed ladder at 12th and Yankee. Following the services will be the interment at Franklin Cemetery. Kins was the chief of Wellsburg for 38 years. The Ohio Investigative Unit is emphasizing the importance of adhering to liquor laws for a safe holiday season. These laws, crucial for business and patrons, include prohibitions on sharing alcohol costs with minors, consuming alcohol on premises after work hours, and serving intoxicated individuals. Additionally, event organizers cannot offer unlimited drinks for a set price. Violations can lead to charges. In embracing the Thanksgiving spirit, Governor Jim Justice issued a proclamation yesterday designating today as a half-day state holiday for public employees throughout the Mountain State. Justice says the move recognizes the unwavering commitment and hard work of the state's public employees and gives them a chance to spend more time with their families for Thanksgiving. Both tomorrow and Friday are full-day state holidays as well. And some continuing coverage, Youngstown State University has appointed Republican Congressman Bill Johnson as its next president. The announcement came in a special meeting before a full room of people, some of whom were upset with the board's pick. The board has been trying to fill the position left vacant by Jim Tressel, who retired in February. The decision was met by boos and yelling from the full crowd in attendance. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
3: The NCAA says no to Raekwon Battle's appeal request. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics.
7: The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos, serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use simple truth wild caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
3: Game day for the Mountaineer basketball team here in Fort Myers, Florida, as West Virginia takes on the University of Virginia in the consolation game of this two-game tournament. Our pregame coverage begins at 5 p.m. The opening tip is set to go for 6 o'clock. West Virginia will take the floor, and they will once again be without transfer Raekwon to Battle. The decision from the NCAA yesterday on his second appeal was turned down, and as of right now... Battle will not play for the Mountaineers this season. Suffice it to say, that is a major loss for WVU. Athletic Director Ren Baker and Head Basketball Coach Josh Eilert releasing a statement after the announcement from the NCAA yesterday, reading in part, On behalf of West Virginia University Intercollegiate Athletics, we believe the NCAA has made a grave mistake and misjudgment with regard to first denying Raquan Battle's request for a waiver, and now, in his eventual appeal, both denials have produced nothing but hardship and penalty. The intent of the transfer waiver process is to provide relief for extenuating and extraordinary circumstances that are outside the control of the student-athlete. There is no question that Rayquan's case clearly calls for a waiver so that he can continue his academic and his athletic career on a positive track. Attorney General Patrick Morrissey said that this decision is deeply disturbing, that he is coordinating with Battle's attorney and other attorney generals, on next steps, but says his office will pursue other legal options. Once again, tip-off tonight, 6, pregame here on MSN at 5, WVU and UVA. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield.
4: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry. Offers end September 5th. Toyota.
0: Let's go places. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Oh, the day John Kennedy
4: died. Remember where I was that day? I was upstate in a
0: bar. The team from
7: the University was playing football on TV.
1: Those of us who were around at the time, uh, and the number is dwindling of course, Bob, remember it extremely well. Again, I was uh, I was what, 16? Yeah, 16. Uh, no, I was less than sixteen. I was uh, uh, yeah sixteen. Uh, I was, uh, I, I just I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. You know what stuck stuck in my mind the most? Not the assassination. It was Walter Cronkite calling the death of John Kennedy. I mean, when he called that and and pulled his glasses off, if you've seen that clip, uh, he almost cried on air. I, I just it was it was heart
5: From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official,
0: President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh,
5: presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the United States.
1: It was uh, that, that itself, Bob, was just an absolutely stunning thing to watch on television. We are, of course, now in 2023 and have been for decades used to the live unrolling of events right before our eyes on television. In 1963, we were not. This was staggering, stunning. Of course, first place, we've never even seen anything like this since then. But the simple fact that we're watching this unroll in live time on television which is amazing.
2: I think that came in two waves. Uh, talking to people your age or older remembered Ruby killing Oswald more and how shocking that was because that was live on TV. And then the second wave that came... When people started seeing the Zabrida film. Yes. And it was like, wow, this is incredible. I don't know if I want to watch this again. And even today, Howard, I, I turn my head. When I know that, that whatever shot it would be, the second, and third, the fourth, or fifth, and, I, and, yeah. I, I don't want to watch that anymore. By the way,
1: as we've talked often on this show, I am uh, perhaps losing my mind. My wife had to text me to remind me, uh, Howard, you were 10 years old. I said 16. You were 10 years old. It happened in 1963. You were born in 1953. Yes, she is right. I was 10 years old. But at any rate, uh, it uh, and then watching Walter Cronkite, and if you, probably whether you were live then or not, you have seen that video clip that we just played here on the air where Cronkite takes his glasses off and kind of, Tries to keep himself from crying, and if ever there was a, an anchor person, Bob, that that could deliver, the news and try to keep his emotion out of it, it was Walter Cronkite. But you didn't, I mean, even there, he could hardly hardly keep it.
2: Uh. He was choking it back. There's no, no doubt about
1: it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, seven before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So, um, the uh, the day John Kennedy was assassinated, Camelot came to an end, as they say. One of the things that Corey mentioned in the last segment, which I think is really important, although we tend to look back on that time as a, as a, as a happy time in America, the, the days of Camelot and uh, John Kennedy, a charismatic, powerful uh, man, well-beloved in many cases uh, with a beautiful wife and a family in the White House and, uh, and his family, his brother as Attorney General and so on, uh, there were in this country, and certainly in Texas, there were a lot of people who did not care for where John Kennedy was taking the country.
2: No, they hated his guts. I mean, and, and you can see some of the old uh, footage that, yeah, they, they were there. They, they kept them back. Uh, but uh, to me, Howard, you know, we talked about this week, last week, every week, how you and I are amazed on a lot of these folks that support Donald Trump that don't see what you and I see are educated people. They are people that we would consider. Yeah. I don't know, pillars of the community. You know? There are
1: nutbags among them, and then there are actual, yeah.
2: real, normal people. Yeah. And, and for what this, for me, what was the, the the smoking gun, because it was truly a smoking gun, was the Jack Ruby connection. That day coming from S. Bridge, I just knew there was something about that. That photo still, I can see it. Him sticking that gun in the, in the belly of, of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. And if you look at all the connections— and you still can't come to the conclusion that, how, what do you say, Howard, something stinky in something Helsinki? Something in Helsinki, yeah. Then, man, I, I I don't know, 60 years later, you're, you're right. Just forget about it. Sitting in, the,
1: laying in my hospital bed, because, again, I watched all of this from Ohio Valley Medical Center, in my hospital bed because it was continuous coverage after the assassination and they went to the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the jail as Lee, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald was being moved. And you're watching it live, and here comes this figure out of – the camera range into camera range jack ruby kills him right there right in front of the world i remember telling the nurses saying wait a minute come in here coming 10 year old howie come in here come in here he's been shut killed up. shut up I told that kid shut up what what's
2: going on <laughs> we know he's dead he was assassinated no no not him the guy who killed him is now killed Yeah. And again, it wasn't a coincidence. Uh, Oswald was silenced and then pretty much uh, Ruby was silenced, too. And we'll never, ever know. We'll just never know.
1: We probably will never know definitively. I I keep thinking that someday the problem is witnesses even conflict. We talked about the mob earlier. There have been mobsters who have done deathbed
2: confessions. But do we believe them, you know? I mean, the problem is, who do we believe? Like you said earlier, Howard, you know, go back to the Jimmy Hall, Well, every, This guy says here. This guy, well, I'll tell you the truth. You want the truth, I'll tell you the truth. And you get a deathbed confession over here, and, and none of them jive, you yeah, know? So I don't know what ever will Do you think we'll ever know, Howard? I mean, get an idea where they'll come out and say, yeah, whatever whatever they've been keeping from us all these years. We'll never know all the answers. But do you think if you and I live long enough, we'll know, yeah, they, they are now admitting that, uh, man, there was a huge cover-up. And uh, Kennedy was set well, up for uh, a lot of people just not leave Harvey Oswald.
1: As I said, do I need, Do we need to do a break? No, well, it's on. too late for that. We'll, okay. we'll make it up All right. sometime. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at the clock and thought, oh, my Lord. Then I'm going to continue my thought. As I said last segment. There are, in my mind, two conspiracies, if you want to call it that. There is the conspiracy to assassinate John Kennedy, however and whoever was involved in that. And I am not sure that we'll ever really get the final answer to that, although it was so convoluted. I don't think it was a straight-line conspiracy, if you know what I'm saying by that. Then there was the cover-up. Which is more understandable, and I think that that we do have a better sense of. And I think if anybody who doesn't believe there was a cover-up, you pointed out the doctors. I, I, I don't. I, they were told. Don't. But you get it. That would be told today too. You watch West Wing, or well, the doctors told when the president was, you know, in the hospital with the, in the in the fictional case. No, don't don't tell the press about this. So the cover-up is easier to accept. And the cover-up is probably the greater concern for today, as Corey Campanese was saying, because that's what we in this society today have to worry about is, is the, what's the government doing to keep things from us? The government doing. I don't know if the government was the sole—I I don't know. I've been there sincerely. I don't know if the government was the sole group behind the conspiracy to kill, to kill John Kennedy. But clearly the government was the one who covered it up, who didn't want any information to come out.
2: And one of the other biggest clues, Howard, that we'll never know, the, they say that the president's brain was missing, you know, uh, right. never was there. Right. But that's, that's, it factually, to, that's factually correct, is it? And it always told me that that would tell the story. If you looked at that brain closely, you would know which direction for sure those uh, shots came from.
1: Now, because I do believe in conspiracy theories, Bob, I think this brain has been taken and frozen and put into somebody else's body. And uh, he said <laughs> he and Elvis are alive up on the Canadian border or something. Might as well end on a funny note. All right, listen, that's it for us for today. i got to say sign RC you, bye-bye, farewell. i got to go. i got to get out of here. The watchdogs are coming up next. Hoppy Kirchival, uh, after that, 10.06, he'll have a guest on from the Upper Ohio Valley to talk about a change in his plans for running for office. Mr. Slider, enjoy your holiday. You Relax, too, take it easy.
2: Everybody enjoy your Turkey
1: holiday. Turkey it up or ham it up think we'll come in
2: heavier than we are right now,
1: Howard. I can guarantee I will. I can't speak for yourself, but uh, I'm going to come in uh, full of turkey, full of ham. uh, And, of course, as always here on the Watchdog Morning Show, full of baloney. Y'all have yourself a great weekend. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Someday soon is going to be one day anybody here.